Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. So yeah, as, as Nathan was mentioning, thank you Nathan for the introduction, uh, Alpha is a, a place where, where you can have conversations about life, faith and meaning. And I know you guys run it here, but maybe you don't know much about it. Uh, so basically it goes for about uh, 10 weeks, uh, 8 to 10 weeks, I'm not sure how long you guys are doing, how long are you guys going for? You got, what's that? Eight, seven weeks, seven weeks, you guys are doing seven weeks, well, you're doing a quick version, it's going to be great. But basically what you do is you're creating a place where people can have a conversation about life, faith, and meaning, because people come around with their questions. So it's, you're not there just to go and hammer about Jesus. What you do is, we, we, you, you know, have a your time of chat, food, and at a cafe is a brilliant idea. I love it. Love that you guys are going to a cafe. It feels really relaxed. The people are used to going to a cafe. You bring your friend along with you, because you're inviting, say, hey, come with me to the cafe. Invite along, have some food, you hang out, you get to realize that people are just normal. And uh, when there's normal people who love God, but just normal people. And then you watch a video, that's about 20 minutes, and then you have a chat and you go, what do you think? What, what do you think? And it's not up to us then to sort of try and tell them all about it, but it's just to invite their conversation and any questions that they've got, any thoughts that they've got about life. And they can say, I think it's all a load of rubbish. You go, okay, and, that, and be okay with that. And go, well, tell us why you think it's a load of rubbish. And you just keep those relationships. And you know what happens? You think, does that actually work? Like, honestly, like them just talking, you go, well, here's the thing. We can't make anyone come to faith, right? It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And so we just, present the, our, we just present the gospel every week on the video and we say, what do you think? And you, what you find is that over time, when you let people share and you let people have their doubts and you let people have their questions, but you just come into community, over time you go on this journey together and you'll find many people start to find a relationship with Jesus. And it's beautiful because then they're just, they're, it's not just a one-off thing, it's a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle of being able to do it. And people have been around Australia have been doing Alpha now. We, we're up to over 700,000 people in Australia have tried Alpha, have been involved in Alpha. Around the world, over 30 million people have done Alpha. So that's a lot of Alphas going on. Just last year alone, we had over 78,000 people did Alpha last year, of which 29,000 of that was online. Uh, I love my online. I did Alpha online last year. That's when I did it. I love it. Because I, I did it with a whole bunch of people from, um, from the Philippines. So there was me. I had people from Sydney, people in the Philippines, and we had in Tagalog subtitles. So we were in English with Tagalog. And so Alpha's in uh, about 50 different languages as well, so with, in subtitles and languages. So in my, my case, because we're in the Philippines, we had Tagalog there, but uh, a whole bunch of things. And we're actually just launching this week our first ever called the Silver Series, where the, all the presenters and everything are Chinese, and it's all in Mandarin, uh, the whole thing. And so, uh, it, but it's also dubbed then into Cantonese, and I uh, forget the other Asian language it's in at the moment, but we're continuing more. But so many ways that we can do it. And we hear testimonies all the time of people, who, who, of what happens. I was talking to a pastor just this week uh, at Hillsong Conference, and he said, they just had their baptism service last Sunday, every single one of them had come through Alpha. And so all their baptisms, and one of the girls, uh, who's a Jewish girl, and she, but she's like searching through Jewish, but she'd come then to Alpha because she was looking for, uh, hadn't settled, you know, her testimony was. She goes, I now believe in Jesus. And she goes, now I feel like a real Jew. 
Isn't that amazing? Because that's, that's really ultimately Christianity was first a whole bunch of Jews who just came to realize Jesus is the Messiah. And she realized that Jesus was the Messiah she's been looking for. And, uh, and that was her testimony. Uh, I mean, we hear everything. I heard of an Anglican men's group uh, over in WA who were telling me three men came to faith on their Alpha. Uh, I was talking to people everywhere. So it's like people everywhere, uh, 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 you know, finding faith through Alpha. And so today, I want to just share a bit about the heart of Alpha and, and, and our approach, what it is. And so we're going to go and look at the book of John. So we're going to start in the book of John today, John chapter 4. I'm going to read a story. I'm going to read a fair bit of Bible together. That, we can read Bible in church. That's good. We're all good to do that. We can do that. We're allowed. All right, let's do that today. Let's have a look up here. John chapter 4. So he, which is Jesus, he left Judea and returned to Galilee, and he had to go through Samaria on the way. And eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, been walking the whole time, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. What? Why was she surprised? Why? Because Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans and especially Jewish men didn't talk to Samaritan women, let alone women generally. So it was, a, and rabbis, it just didn't happen. So she said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Like, we don't talk. And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you were speaking to, you'd ask me and I'd give you a living, living water. She goes, but you don't have a bucket. Like, how would you give me a drink? Like, there's no bucket, like, right? But sir, you don't have a rope. This is well, it's very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? And how can you offer us better water than he and his sons and all his animals enjoy? She starts getting, it's a whole socio-political religious and debate she's getting into. Won't, haven't got time to explain it today, but just other the fact was, it's like, who are you, right? Next one. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this, this, this water out of the well will become thirsty again, but those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. And he's talking about spiritual water, right? It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And she goes, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll have to be thirsty again. I won't have to come out here and get water. Like, we're not sort of getting the whole, just missing the point, right? Jesus is talking, going a bit mystical on her, and she's like, what? I, what water? All right, go and get your, so Jesus changes tact. He goes, okay, she's not getting this. It's okay, Jesus is kind. Often when we don't get something the first time, Jesus doesn't get upset and try and push home the point. He just tries a different way. All right, we'll change the topic. So Jesus changes the topic here. He goes, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. All right, so he had a word of knowledge. That's what in the Bible we would call a word of knowledge. So he couldn't have known that. He's just traveling, he's meeting some random stranger, but he knew these things about her. So the Holy Spirit revealed to Jesus some, some stuff about her. Well, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, so she... That's it. Now, that, notice what happened there, all right? Now she changes tack, but notice what happened. She heard that, but her response goes totally off. 
So tell me, why is it you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while the Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship? She goes on this whole spiritual debate again thing. She's really got this deal inside her. Now, some people in life, do you notice, they've got a thing that they harp on about. They're really on about that one thing, but Jesus doesn't seem to always have to answer it. We don't always have to deal with it. Next one. Um, Jesus said, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know little about the one you worship while we know all about him because salvation comes through the Jews. So he just corrected her just to do it. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Keep going. And the woman said, I know Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Like she goes, he's going to bring the final word, because we're having a debate here, but he'll, he'll sort it all out. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I'm sorting things out. And just then his disciples came back and they were shocked also to find him talking to a woman. Like, what are you doing, Jesus? Like, she's a woman and she's a Samaritan woman. You just don't do that. But none of them had the nerve to ask him because they'd been slapped around a few times before, right? Jesus, no. Okay. What do you want? Um, and they had no they had to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? Next verse. And then the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, right? Telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. So here's a picture. She's gone, oh, she came out to draw water right? She's forgotten about the water, the very reason she came. She's gone, poof, dropped it, and she's run back. So something has happened in her. She hasn't gone, oh, okay, let me just go back. And No, 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 no. She's dropped, she's forgotten the very reason she was there, dropped it, gone running back in, and she's telling everybody, come and, come and see. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? He said he was, I'm not even sure. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to come and see him. Alpha is a form of come and see evangelism. And I just want to look at this woman's response from this story today to help us understand what we can, and we can be like this Samaritan woman. Because I believe there's so many times... So, so many things in there that we could learn. See, I, I think often when we hear the word evangelism, we think of go and tell evangelism. And, and true, amen. Jesus said, go into all the world. As you're going, go and tell everybody about me. And so we, we, we think the only form of evangelism is go and tell. I've got to go and tell. Um, and, and which is true. But the reason a lot of us don't do it is because, well, well the number one reason we don't often is that we're scared. We're fearful. What, what if they ask me a question I don't know? What well, they said, well, how come then? How can God be like three in one? Or how come, explain to me this. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. How, how come the dinosaurs, you know? Or how come Noah's flood? Or how come, and, and so they, you're gonna get hit with all these questions. Well, how come this? And you're like, I don't know theology. I don't know. Just, just yeah, you should. You know, and so because we're fearful of it, we think, well, well, we won't do anything because we can be intimidated by questions. And so, in the end, it just seems a bit too hard. What I love about Alpha, and, and again, there are people who just love that, and I'm not saying we don't go and tell, because I believe that's what it is, but I want to show a way of doing it 
but I just want to change our thinking around it. That perhaps we could see evangelism from a come and see perspective. Here's the first thing. You don't have to know all the answers with come and see evangelism. You don't have to know. Notice what she said on that next slide. She said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. So there's an invitation to come and see, not me having to represent. But look what she said. Could he possibly be the Messiah? She didn't even know if she believed it or not. She didn't have all the answers. Let me tell you he's the Messiah. Let me tell you why he's the Messiah. She said, come and see, he might be the Messiah. He might be the one. So she didn't even know that. So your greatest advocates often for Christianity may not even, even be Christians yet or in fellowship yet. Here's the greatest thing. God will use anyone. God will use even anyone. There was a guy that came to our church once at worship center and he turned up and he had walked away from God for 30 years, 30 years. But there was this girl at his workplace that he was there and she was having all sorts of problems and she, was, she had all these things and he goes, you know what you need, you need God. And he's not even walking with God. And so he goes, well, I need to, I suppose, take you to a church somewhere. And so through a series of circumstances, he ended up in our church. So he's there and he goes, you need to go to church, I'll take you to one because you need to go. I've not been to church for 30 years, but you need to go to church. <laughs> so he brings her to church, and in that service, it was the middle of the worship, actually, I remember I got up and I said, look, I just feel like there's someone here today, you came to give your life to Jesus, and she go, that was me. Stacy was her name. So Stacy comes out, and Stacy comes, and she comes, and she gives her life to Jesus. And at the end of the service, I meet Alan, who brought her. And I, I said to Alan, we got talking, and Alan told me his story. And he started to tell me how he, he was hurt and, 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 and things that happened in his life. And I just apologized to him. I'm so sorry for his hurt. And I just acknowledged it. And I said, mate. And he just started weeping. And then he gave his life back to God that day as well. It was amazing. But it was amazing that he evangelized her and he didn't even believe himself necessarily. Come and see. See, you don't have to have all your faith questions worked out to invite someone to come and see. So you might go, well, I don't, know, I don't know all the answers to everything. Good. Then explore them together. That's what Alpha does. It says, come. You don't have to have all your theology worked out. You just have to be able to say, come and see and let's explore together. Let's explore to see whether he is the Messiah together. The second thing is that you don't know what's impacted people in your world. She said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. That's the next slide. Come and see who told me everything I ever did. Notice what didn't impact her was the spiritual debate. She's trying to have the spiritual debate. Is it on this mountain or on that mountain? And how come this well? And you, yeah, yeah, the well. And Jesus is like, okay. But you know what she went and told everyone? He knew everything about my life. One word of knowledge. He had one word of knowledge and it totally blew her away so that she said, that's what happens. That's why you need to come and see. And it can be things in your life that you don't even know or expect. I remember a guy came to Bible college once where I was teaching a Bible college because I was doing a youth camp when I was a young guy. I was doing a youth camp. And as I was doing a youth camp, I was there and we were playing, they were playing um, uh, softball. So they're playing softball and I'm sitting back here. The guys are playing softball. This guy smacks it and lets the bat go. The bat poof, hits me front and center in my mouth. And I'm the guest speaker that night. So this is in the afternoon. I go back, my head cracks back, and I'm just, 
I'm lying backwards. I've just had a baseball bat let go at full swing to the mouth. I was over there, but it flew. He let that baby go and it cracked me. So I'm, I fly back and the first thing I do, I just lay hands on myself and I go, oh, Jesus. Oh, God, help me. Jesus. I just start praying over myself. And my, my lips go, like this. And I often said, hey, and I'm like, it's okay. It's all right. I just like, it just a whole swallow up. And I said, I'm just going to go have a lie down. Okay. And this poor guy, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's all good, mate. It's okay. And so I go and have a lie down in the afternoon. I'm just praying. And then I get up and I do the service. I've just, just been praying all afternoon, put ice on it. My, my lips start to go down to a place where I can actually talk. Um, got up, did my message that night, do whatever. And uh, that guy came later. He said to me later, he came to Bible college the next year. The young guy who did it. And he goes, you know what made me want to come to Bible college? It wasn't the way you preached. He goes, it was your reaction to what happened. He said, if that guy could get hit in the mouth with a baseball bat, not get upset at me, and then just go on and do what he did, he goes, I want to learn how to be like that. And you're like, you don't know what God uses in your life to impact people, right? So here's the thing. We need to just be led by the Spirit in what we're doing. And when you're inviting people, you don't know, well, would they come? Well, you don't know. You don't know just because the way you reacted to a situation. You might go, would you come with me to Alpha? Thinking, oh, they'll never come because, why? like, we haven't talked about God. We haven't done much, but people are watching you. And sometimes it can be just something like that, the way you reacted to something well, the way that God used you. Maybe you just, you told them once, I'll be praying for you. Maybe that's that one thing that makes them want to come along. The third thing is that you don't have to be popular or influential. The Bible says here, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. Now, she was not the most popular woman. Well, at least in not the right way. Um, that was she's the most popular woman. Um, she was in the middle of the day drawing water, which if you know this story, then you understand that women in the Middle East, you draw water in the morning when it's cool. The fact that it was in the middle of the day when it's hot, no one else was there, means that she was a social outcast. She was by herself. She'd been married multiple times and she was unmarried now. And you, she could have gone, well, who am I to carry any sort of news? The thing is, don't disqualify yourself. Just because your path has been a certain way, or maybe you're in a place situation now where you think, who would listen to me? And you could go on and maybe list all the reasons why God wouldn't use you. Maybe it's your Maybe it's your situation. Maybe it's what you've done in your past. Maybe it's who you are or who you think you are now. Here's a woman that was outcast by the rest of her town, but they still listened to her. God still used the one that you'd think no one would listen to, and she came. So don't disqualify yourself and say, no, no one will listen to me. No one should have listened to her. No one should have listened to this woman, and yet she's the one they all came and saw Jesus because of. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. It doesn't matter even whether you got it all together now. In fact, this woman did not have it together right then. And yet God used her as one of the greatest evangelists in the Bible. One of the greatest evangelists in the Bible didn't even know if Jesus was God and was living in a way that would have disqualified her from anything else. And yet God used her to reach a whole village. God can use you. God can use you. You don't have to have it all together. 
You don't even have to know, have all your theology, have it all worked out. You not, might not even be totally sure whether God's got it. This is the right thing yet. Come and explore. Come and see. Invite people along. Come up to the cafe. Bring them with you. Get your whole family. Come and have a check it all out together. Let's have a look at these next couple of verses. I'm going to skip down a few verses. Many Samaritans, verse 39, from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. That's awesome. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in the village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, because what we heard of him was ourselves, now we know that he is indeed the saviour of the world. See, we don't have to convince people. We don't have to convince people about who Jesus is. Notice it says, they said to the woman, we believe not because of what you said. That was thank you for the invite, but now we've experienced it for ourselves. It's not up to us to have to convince anybody. You can't make anybody give their lives to Jesus. It's a work of the Spirit. That's why with Alfred, one of the first things we say is, the first thing you do is start to pray. Get your intercessors together. Get your teams, your prayer teams. Start praying for Alpha because it's a work of the Spirit. You can't make someone come to faith. Uh, You can't make somebody believe. And here's the thing. You don't have to convince somebody. It's not like I'm not really good at arguing and I'm not really good at presenting things. Doesn't matter. The woman didn't give an argument. She wasn't. She just went, come and see and find out for yourselves. And they said, now we believe because we've experienced God for ourselves. We've explored, we've found answers, and now we believe. So you don't have to be good at explaining anything. You just have to make the invite. That's all you have to do. And you don't have to rush. It says, when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to to hear his message and believe. See, Alpha is not just about information dissemination. Alpha is not just about, because we could go through all the things and we could sit people down and, and, you know, bang, 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 one after the other. But we're doing it over seven weeks because we want to build relationship with people. You spend seven weeks with somebody weekly, having coffee with them, having meal with them, talking with them, seven weeks in a row with a group of people. And you start to build relationship. You start to build these relationships. You don't have to rush. There's no rush. Well, it's got to happen now. They've got to believe now. Who said? Jesus stayed with them two days. Full two days of just whole days of just talking and chatting and stuff. And they went, oh, now we get it. So it takes time. So that's why in Alpha we don't try and rush things. Because people have got a lot of questions and a lot of things to work through. So just take your time. But seven weeks of your life, seven weeks of what? Gee, you've got to come out and have a meal with somebody and have a chat and talk and talk about not just the weather and talk about how's your life going, but talk about some of the deep things. What does it mean to forgive somebody? What is forgiveness? What is, what's, what's, what's believing all about? What does it mean to live a life that comes from a place of, of believing? What, what, is, what does that look like for you? It's fun. Alpha is fun. Alpha is enjoyable. It's like seven weeks of coming out and just to go, are you guys providing the food? Are you guys... So you're getting food provided for you for seven weeks, which is what Alpha does anyway, but I'm just checking before I did it, just, con- just confirming. So you get to come, have a meal with a friend for free, seven weeks in a row, and just talk about God and go, what do you think? And hear their questions and build relationship with them. Where's the, where's the, where's the hard work in that? Where's the loss in that, right? It's easy, it's fun, you don't have to rush. 
And here's the thing, you don't have to see everyone come to faith. I wish it was that everyone came to faith. The Bible says there are many Samaritans from the village. Many Samaritans believed in Jesus. It didn't say all. When there's all in the Bible, it says all. Like it says, all were healed. And it, all things. So, but this, it's many. So, guess what? Sometimes, some people aren't ready to come. I mean, I love it when people come to faith on Alpha. I love it when I do it. The, the, one of the Alphas I read um, a couple of years back, one of my friends who came, he'd been working, r- wrestling with faith for ages. He came, was online, came from Canberra. I had all these guys. Two people came to faith on my Alpha, but not him. It's like, and he's the guy I brought, and I'm the leader, you know? So you think the guy I brought would come? No. But God did things in his life, because we talked later, and he's now further along the journey, closer to God. Because we've had that. It's not a race, and we can't make people believe. But what we can do is just keep those conversations happening. So it's not, it's not a rush, and doesn't, not everybody, unfortunately, comes to faith, but they are coming closer to faith. And that's the most important thing. Let's skip back to these verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus. This is why the woman's run back. She's dropped the, the what she's run back. The disciples have come with food. And they're like, here's your Maccas, Jesus. What's going on? You know, falafel burger here. And then the disciples, Rabbi, eat something. Like, it's the middle of the day. You're hungry, you're tired. Remember, he stopped because he was tired. They'd all been walking. He's tired, he's, he's hungry, you know, hangry, right? No, he's hungry and tired, he's right there. He's like, we're just gonna stop here. So, so Jesus is not fasting, all right? Because we're told when Jesus is fasting. The Bible's very clear, Jesus was fasting, all right? But he wasn't fasting, so he's hungry and he's tired. But the disciples go, eat something. But Jesus replied, I've, got a, I've had a kind of food you know nothing about. And they're like, is someone bringing food while we were gone? Who was that? Who went and did that trying to get brownie points with Jesus? Who raced in and got the, you know, the little quick snack on them and ran back? You know he likes falafel and you got him this, you know. It's like, who got that? It's like, Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and finishing the work. Catch this. Jesus, who was hungry before, goes, it's okay, I'm full. You're like, what? He says, you know, the most satisfying thing to me is to do the will of God. Doing the will of God. It's so much so that he actually said, I don't want anything to eat now. But I often find that people in their Christianity who are feeling like a bit (laughs) about their Christianity, you know, they're like, yeah, I go to church, do all the stuff, but something's missing. They try and fill their life with stuff. They look for things. They want the next experience. Some people lean into the real spiritual things. And so they go conference hunting. And there's nothing wrong with going to conferences. I was at a conference last week, all right? They're, they're great. But they're looking for that next. So they're, they're, they're at every single meeting all over the place because they're wanting that next spiritual high. They're wanting to fill themselves with the spiritual high. Or some people go the other way and go, yeah, Christianity is great, but I'm looking for something Something's still missing. I love God. They do. They love God. They love their families. They're going good, but then they start trying other things out. Start dabbling other things. Maybe just getting into, you know, a whole series of more and more of Netflix over and over and over and go down that way. Or they just start going out and just looking for, for life to fill them. And we could go on and on, all sorts of things. You get the idea. Because they sense something's not 
still filling in their lives. You know the thing that's going to satisfy you most as a Christian? What satisfied Jesus? Nothing gets you more excited and more fulfilled than seeing someone far from God and being part of the process of bringing them to faith. It is the thing that's going to satisfy you more than anything else. The thing that's going to make you go, you know what? This is so exciting, man. This is the life. Mate, you go on the edge and you start putting yourself out there and you start inviting your friends to come and see. You start inviting them to come and meet with Jesus. You start doing that. And when they start saying yes, and when they start, and you start seeing their lives get changed and you start seeing God meet with them and you start seeing them get, get free in their lives from addictions and, 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 and in their lives. And I know you guys are gonna be talking about some, some areas of identity coming up. So imagine when their identity starts getting shifted and you start seeing them change and their lives and the countenance on their face changes, man, nothing satisfies more than that. Nothing compares to it. There is no high, there is nothing more satisfying in your life. So if your Christianity is a bit dry wheat fix at the moment, I dare you to invite someone to Alpha. I dare you and see what happens. You're looking for, you're looking for that next thing to satisfy you? I dare you to invite your neighbor, your friend, your colleague, your workmate, your sister, your brother, your ma- auntie, your mum, to come along. Come and see. And see how you feel at the end of that seven weeks. Just try it out. Just try it out. If, you don't, if it doesn't work, if you bring someone along and you don't feel more satisfied, money back guarantee. Because I know it's what satisfied Jesus. It made him so full that he was so happy. And here's the other thing, nearly finished. Good thing to know is that, see, God is already at work. See, Jesus goes on, and let's have a look at verse 35. He said, my work, you know, is to finish the work. And this is Jesus keeps talking. He says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. There are people out there ready to give their lives to Jesus right now. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna have to, they're going to have to be convinced. They're so far away, and their hearts are so far away from God, and they're not interested. And Jesus is going, uh-uh, uh there's people out there now. You say, it's four months' time, or they'll be ready sometime in the future. Jesus said, uh-uh, right now, there are people ready to give their lives to Jesus, right now. There are people ready to give their lives to God right now. Don't say in four months' time they'll be ready. The fields are ready today. There are people in your world ready right now to give their lives to Jesus. In fact, McCrindle Research here in Australia did a research thing in 2019. So this is even pre-pandemic, it's it's gone up. It said then that 40% of Australians would go to church if they were invited by somebody they trusted. 40%. A further 16%, making it to over half, were unsure. They're like, "Eh, maybe, but 40% of Christians, of people surveyed, non-Christians, said that if somebody that they trusted and knew invited them to church, they'd at least come along. If you invited them to Alpha, they'd come along. That's a guaranteed 40%. There are people ready. There are people ready right now. We just need to change our perspective to see. He said, wake up and look. The fields are ready right now. God, give us eyes to see, hey. Give us eyes to see the harvest. We pray the Lord of the harvest to to send us out. God, give us eyes to see. Hey, Lord, show us how to see people. Show us how to see the harvest. Show us, Lord God, how to see what's out there. Show us the ones who are ready 
to expect you, to accept you. Lord, hearts, God, give us eyes to see as a church. My last point today is this, in verse 36, Jesus says, the harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest, this is what the fruit is, people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know, one, you know the saying, one plant and another harvest, it's true. I sent you the harvest where you didn't plant, others have already done the work, and now you get to gather in the harvest. You know where the blessing is? It's in the sowing and in the harvest. He goes, the, the blessing is both in the sowing and in the harvest. The joy is for the planter and the harvester alike. Even if that person doesn't come to faith in God, even if they don't even say yes, guess what? There's joy because you're planting. You're planting, you're planting. There's a joy in that. And yes, there's a joy in the harvest as well. So even with though my friend never gave his life to God, I've got joy because I know I've planted more seed. I know he's come closer. I know the next person who talks to him, I've done the work. I've done the seed. He's that close. It's going to be that much easier now for him to come and make a decision for Jesus. I've got joy. I'm not, oh, I suck because he didn't come to faith. You know, like, it's not that. I'm rejoicing because I had a chance to plant some seed. The joy awaits both the planet and harvest of life. I tell you what, someone else will pick up the work. I'll, do, I'll pick up the work of others. Where others have planted. You'll pick up the work where others have planted. Somebody else they've talked to it at their school or their church or everything. And you, they're going to come to Alpha and they go, yeah, I had a chat with this guy years ago and he told me this. Or I went to Sunday school and this happened. Someone else played and you're going to get the harvest. That's how it works. But there might be people here today and you've, you might, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus right now in this place. You can do it right now. You don't have to wait to Alpha. In fact, Alpha will help you understand who you said yes to. But maybe there's someone here right now and you go, I'm ready to go yes to this Jesus that you guys are all talking about. I don't know you and it'll be remiss of me not to give you the opportunity. So what we're going to do in just a moment right now, we've been a moment, we're going to close our eyes and bow our head just so that you can just look in your heart. And if that is you, I'm going to ask you to respond, not to me, but saying yes to God. If you've never done that before, or maybe you were with, walking with God, and maybe you've walked away from God, and you've been living your own life, and you're saying, you know, I need to come back to God. Then today you can do that. It'll be my opportunity just to introduce you to Him. And we're, gonna just, or we're all going to then pray a simple prayer together. We're going to lead this of, of coming back to God, of giving our lives to Him. And that's where it starts. That's the start of the journey. So can we do that together? Can we just close our eyes, bow our heads? And in this place... Today, if you've never been given your life to Him, the one that we all love in this place, that many of us have said yes to, the one that we've given our lives for and we continue to do so, the very one, the reason why we're running out is because we love Him so much and we want people to have this relationship with Him. We want people to have what we have. Today, you can have what we have. And if you are needing to come back to Him or if you've never accepted Him, and today you'd like to. On the count of three, I'm just going to do a count of three. I'm just going to invite you to lift your hand and say yes to Him. One, two, three. Is there someone here? Just lift your hand right now. Someone here? Thank you. Is there somebody else here today would say yes to God? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. People here today giving their lives to Jesus. Can we all pray this prayer together, everybody? 
just in this prayer, just to help those ones who are saying yes to God. You can put your hands down if that was you. Can we all pray? Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. All of me, all my past, all that I am, and all of my future, I give to you. Come into my life and make me yours now and forever. Amen. Amen. Can we, can we celebrate these ones today? Let's give them a hand. So good. What's going to happen at the end of this service is that Nathan, who was up here before, one of the team, they're going to come and meet with you and just give you a, a pack just to help you get started on that journey. Because saying yes to Jesus is the first step of a lifetime of living, living out all that he's done for you. So uh, they're going to see, they're the only ones that looked, I promise. So they're going to come and have a talk to you and they're just going to say, hey, this is how we can help get you moving forward. And the best thing you can do, just start talking to God like he's there every day, right? Just be, be just having a chat with him. And then the other thing is, is that they're going to give you a, a start of a Bible. Is that right? Do they get a Bible in there? They get a New Testament There's a, in that pack? Just start reading. They'll just start reading. And just, because that's how God speaks to us. And then just keep coming here. Come and involve yourself in community where people can help you learn more and more about God and to walk out this amazing life of what it means to know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we all just stand for a moment? Is that okay as we're finishing off today? I just want to just pray for you today and as, we're, as we're going and commission you to be ones who would go in the name of the Lord. But as we do, I'm excited. I just feel like God, there's a stirring in this place. I feel like God's doing a, 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 like a, like a, a stir. And, and again, it's like, I'm trying to find the bright picture, but the picture I get, and I'm talking about the whole church. It's like there's this, there's this, there's this little thing, this thing going on that's being happening over here and, it, and, it's, a, and, it, and it's, it's starting to get momentum. You ever been in a, at a pool when you're the kids, you know, the, the, and you did the whole walk around to create the whirlpool? You know, and you all, oh, was it just me? Okay, me and me and my mates, all right. And you'd go around, especially in those little those above ground pools, hey? And you'd go around and around and around and you'd all rush on the thing and then you'd all just lie there and be carried around. You know what I mean? And uh, I just feel like there's a whirlpool, there's a gathering of momentum in this place towards what God is doing. That there's a greater and greater momentum that, that, that's happening and that you're part of it. And that you can... You know what happened made it go stronger in the whirlpool? Was when we all did it together at the same time. And when everyone was doing it at the same time, it, we got there quicker. And then what happened was, and it lasted longer because it got such momentum. And we, then we went, okay, everyone lie back. And we'd lie back and get, you know, carried around the pool. And there are people like that who are going to do it. But I feel like, God, there's a stirring happening and there's an invitation by God. Are you going to jump in? Are you going to jump in and go get on board? Because I, there's a stirring already happening. There's a stirring happening here, and it's a stirring of God's presence that's not just for here, but it's going to go out. And I feel like I see it like stirring and then just splashing out, splashing out over the side and, and gathering force. And I feel like that's what God's saying. And there's a call this morning to say, I'm going to jump around that pool. I'm going to walk around that pool. I'm going to get on board and start that stirring. I'm going to start that stirring. I want to be part of the stirrers. I want to be a stirrer for Jesus, all right? Because there's a, there's, a, there's a stirring that's happening right now. Oh, and I feel this invitation right now. And in your heart, if that's you, if you're saying yes to God, if you'd like to be a stirrer for Jesus, getting on that pool, that being part of the stirring that He's doing, just in your hand, just in your thing now, it's, it's not about a who, who, this is what I'd like you to do. Just put your hand on your heart and say, God, that's me. God, that's me. God, help me. Lord God, for, though, for this great church where you're doing great things, 
and I feel a stirring, God, I see it. I, I sense it, I can feel it almost like when I'm in a pool. And I, when I was a kid, I remember doing that and I can feel that same thing happening in the spirit realm right here. That there's a stirring happening of evangelism. There's a stirring happening of, of your kingdom coming, of your kingdom just, just, just exploding out into this area into this area of Logan, Lord God, down here, through Logan Lee and Marsden and all this area, through Crestmead, through all these areas and around, Lord God. Oh, God, for every person who's saying yes to that, God, would you seal that in them today? God, would you do something deep in them? Would you, by the impetus of your spirit, Lord, you said to pray the Lord of the harvest to thrust us out, Lord, to push us out. I declare over this place, this is a place where God is thrusting people out, thrusting ones into the harvest, thrusting ones out to go and reach out to those beyond themselves. And I see hands going over the side of the pool, grabbing others and pulling them in. I see hands going out and grabbing them. And as they are, they're drawing people in and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger stronger by the power of your spirit. So Lord God, bless every person, Lord God. Lord, impel every person. Lord of the harvest, I pray, impel every person in their world to draw them in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Carry them by the work of your spirit into the work that you've called them to. Oh, and I see... There is nothing off limits here, everybody. I feel in God to tell you this, there is nothing off limits, there is no place off limits. You go, well, can I bring this person to church? Answer is yes. But what if they're yes? But how about if yes? The answer is yes. But they're different to yes, we know, it doesn't matter. This woman was the outcast. She was the one no one wanted, everyone talked about and no one wanted to know, and yet she was the one that changed her whole community. There are gonna be people in here that may not look like everybody else, but they're gonna be the catalyst for incredible growth that God's gonna use in this church. And that could be your friend, your neighbor, your workmate, that you go and the one who looks like, yeah, that one. The one who, yeah, that one. Bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them. Because God is gonna use the unusual ones, the ones others overlook to reach many for Him in this place. And this is gonna be a place, a house of where many from all over are gonna come and know that in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.